the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What's going on, everybody? It's another Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. We are in the month of August, and uh, we have a best-of show coming up for you here on the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast. I had a short work week this past week and a lot of things going on, so didn't have time to do a brand-new show. This segment is brand-new, but the next three segments will not be. They will be best-ofs. First up, New World Man. Uh, the single was released uh, this week back in 1980. Two, it is also, also last Saturday was Getty Lee's 70th birthday. Pretty, pretty cool. So there's your rush tie-in. Now, coming up, you're going to hear interviews with Barry Shannon uh, from the Wandering Druid Pub, Glenn Smith from Brewery Tours LLC, as well as Leanne Darling, Tara Hankinson from Talea Beer, and Sam Calagione, the head founder and brewer of Dogfish Head Beer. That's all coming up on the program in just a few minutes, but... We've got some brand new news and notes to get to. Jack's Abbey Brewing Company has teamed up with the world's oldest brewery, Steffen, to create a once-in-a-lifetime fest-inspired collaboration lager. Now, there may be nearly a 1,000 years difference in the founding of these breweries, but they are more, much more alike than they are different. So they came up with this, uh, apparently, this strain of yeast uh, the research center Weinenstefan and BLQ of the Technical University of Munich shared the TUM 34-70 yeast strain with Jack's Abbey as part of this collaboration. Uh, the yeast is famously known as the original Bavarian lager strain and brings true brewing heritage to this beer. Jack's Abbey also employed a, 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 de, a decoction mashing technique, lagering the beer in horizontal tanks, furthering to the traditional methods of brewing for this beer. Uh it is, uh, again, it is going to be a lager. Um, they used some modern hopping methods, Jack's Abbey, and some atypical hops, Sterling and Adina. These hops, along with Pilsner and Munich malts, creating an assertive hop profile on a balanced malt backbone. The beer is easy to drink with subtle herbal and spicy notes. Now, Vine and Stefanen uh, rarely does collaborations in the United States. In fact, listen to this. It marks only the third in the company's storied history. The two breweries have been forging a relationship over the past five years, including multiple trips to each other's breweries and many shared lagers. Now, the beer is available only in Massachusetts, New York, New Hampshire, and southern Maine starting on August 18th for a limited time. The two breweries will be celebrating the collaboration with a transcontinental party. The team from Jack's Abbey will be traveling to freezing Germany to raise some steins at Volksfest in early September. And then the team from Wein and Stefano will return to Massachusetts to celebrate with a series of events from September 14th through the 17th. When we get that information, uh, we will get it to you. But that's really cool. 
And the fact that the beer is going to be available in New York, I definitely have to pick up a can or two uh, to try that out. Headlum uh, happens to be a new line of IPA-style non-alcoholic craft brews. Uh, is launching on the East Coast this summer. The brand's first two brewed to be wild varieties, both in 12-ounce cans, 70 calories each, including Headlum IPA-style Juicy Boom and Headlum IPA-style Wild Haze American. Both drinks priced competitively, a target retail price of between $11.99 and $14.99 for a six-pack. Uh, it is going to be, apparently they're focusing on Nassau and Suffolk counties. First, the brand's go-to market strategy is focused on the tri-state through the remainder of 2023. Uh, it has less than uh, point, uh, 0.5% alcohol in it. Uh, apparently, these beers are supposed to be really IPA close. I, I don't know if they are or not. If I see them somewhere, if I'm out on Long Island, I will definitely check them out. But if you are local to the area, you can get yourself uh, some non-alcoholic IPA beer. Now, our good friends from Icarus, been well over 30 days since Bill Senate Bill uh, S0306 landed on Governor Murphy's desk. He has chosen not to take action. In fact, um, he has signaled that he will veto it before the 15th of August. Uh, he was on vacation in Italy, was supposed to be there until the 13th of August. Unfortunately, the Lieutenant Governor, Sheila Oliver, uh, passed away earlier this week. He apparently is cutting his vacation short and coming back. Um, no word if he vetoes the bill um, you know, sometime next early next week, but apparently the the uh, the the from what I'm hearing, he's going to veto the bill before August 15th. And since the legislature isn't coming back till mid-November, um, although they may come back sooner, who knows? If they call a special session, I believe he can appoint a lieutenant governor without the approval of Trenton. Um, but then the lieutenant governor would have to be elected into office. In November, so they'd have to be put on the ballot, be a special election, put on the ballot in November uh, for that person to be elected. So I don't know all the ins and outs, and I could be wrong on that, but who knows? If they come back for a special session and the governor vetoes the bill, maybe they take it up and pass it unanimously? I don't know. Stranger things have happened. Anyway, people all over New Jersey have voiced their uh, support uh, for this uh, bipartisan bill that passed unanimously in both houses. Um, as Icarus says, New Jersey craft brewery regulations need an immediate change. So in response to Phil's inaction, and along with the Brewers Guild of New Jersey, they're introducing Brew Jersey. Sign the bill, Phil. Uh, like the first two versions of Brew Jersey, 25% of the net proceeds donated to the Brewers Guild of New Jersey to help them fight for the rights of New Jersey craft breweries. Um, at the time of the post early last week, Buttsville Brewing Company, Ghost Hawk, uh, farmers and bankers brewing in seven tribesmen have signed up to brew their own batch of brew jersey. I'm hoping that other breweries in New Jersey do this as well. Uh, it is Icarus's brew jersey is a 6.7 percent Northeast style oated India pale ale, copiously dry hopped with Eldorado Nectaron, YQH 1320, and Cryo Mosaic. Open, uh, opening with an overwhelming tropical fruit aromatics, the body of this ultra-crushable New England IPA, jam-packed with notes of freshly picked berries, overripe peaches guava, and stone fruit. Uh, You can also uh, write the governor. There are links all over the place. Do a search. Get it done. Uh, Tell the governor to sign the bill. I doubt he will listen to us. But kudos to Icarus. I went down to Icarus earlier this week to pick up that beer. It is out now and will probably sell out. And I'm proud to support uh, such a worthwhile endeavor. Finally, Kilowatt Brewing. Great brewery uh, in San Diego. 
It tur- they turn eight on Saturday, August 12th. They're celebrating with a huge outdoor bash, beer festival, vendor market, food truck court, live music with two beer gardens as well. They brewed seven rare specialty small batch beers, especially for the occasion. Uh, beer number one is a barrel-aged peanut butter and jelly double chocolate max stout. Uh, aged in four roses bourbon barrels, peanuts, strawberries, coffee, chocolate, coconut, and vanilla, plus extracts of macadamia nut. It clocks in at 12.2% ABV. Beer number two is a barrel-aged doubler, a grand entrance export stout aged in Jack Daniels barrels with cacao nibs and coffee. That's at a little over 10%. Beer number three is a barrel-aged double chocolate max stout aged in Woodford Reserve aromatic bitters barrels with coffee, chocolate, coconut, and vanilla. Clocks in at a little over 12%. Uh, beer number four is a barrel-aged S3 two-time sour lychee. A lychee sour barrel aged in red wine barrels at 6.5%. Then a barrel-aged S3 2X sour orange creamsicle. Fresh-juiced oranges and vanilla barrel-aged in Woodford Reserve orange bitter barrels, 6.5% ABV. Beer number six is a barrel-aged cherry sour. Wild fermentation red sour brewed with cherries and barrel-aged in red wine barrels. And then finally, beer number seven is a collab brew cold extra pale ale brewed with Pilsner malt, brown rice flakes, citra, waima, and Idaho gem hops. They'll also have 20 additional beers on tap, 30-plus vendors, food trucks, live music, giant games, so much more. This takes place on Saturday, August 12th from 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. This is their eight-year anniversary uh, this will be at the Kilowatt Brewing uh, Claremont Mesa Boulevard location in San Diego, California. For more information, Kilowatt uh, Brewing, uh, kilowatt.beer, I believe is the website, uh, for more information. By the way, um, if you haven't been there, it's a great place. Uh, definitely check it out. They have two tasting rooms, the Oceanside Tasting Room and Space Path Speakeasy, and then the Ocean Beach Tasting Room, which also has the Forbidden Cove, which is a hidden um, tiki bar which is really cool. All right, when we come back after a short break, the best of starts with Barry Shannon from the Wandering Druid Pub. I'll be back next week on the Joe Piscopo Show uh, 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 with a brand-new show, excuse me, but back with Joe Piscopo coming up on Monday morning. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to this best of edition of the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Barry Shannon, the Wandering Druid Pub, uh, a portable, authentic Irish pub that you can rent for your backyard party, is my next guest. And I asked Barry, how did he and his partner, Mark John Queeley, get started on this idea? Um, so there's an Irish bar in, uh, in Cambridge just outside Boston called the Druid. And that's been there for about going on 30 years now. Uh, it's one of the kind of the last long-standing Irish bars. Um, and for the last 20-odd years, it's been owned by another uh, county Clare man called Michael Crawford. And myself, my business partner, Michael John Queeley, between the two of us have worked at the Druid for geez, about a quarter of a century. The two of us have about uh, 25 years just behind that bar alone between the two of us. Um, and anyone who has been to the Druid or, or knows the Druid, it's tiny. It's, it's not too, it's, to be honest, it's only about three or four times bigger than our little tiny pub on wheels. Wow. Um, but it's just one of the quintessential Irish bars in Boston. It's got a huge following. And for, for, you know, ever since I've worked there myself for about 10 years and 
there's constantly been people asking to rent out the Druid for private events. Mm-hmm. We've had a couple of people get married there, but we've done it like early in the morning before we opened. But there's always been a demand for people wanting to book it out for birthdays, book it out for staff parties. But it's a real local neighborhood bar, and it's never been the kind of bar that would, you know, close its doors to the regulars. So we've never had the the opportunity really to rent it out to anyone for private events. So um, that's kind of how the demand kind of started in our in our minds. And of course, we're going back and forth for you know years with a little idea. Oh, how could this work? And there is an Irish company uh, called the Shabine. They're based out of County Galway at home. And I was at a friend's wedding in 20, I want to say 20, end of 2017 or 2018. Okay. And they had the Shabin at their wedding, which was a little mobile Irish pub. And then, of course, we just got chatting and said, it wouldn't be great to have a, a mobile druid for you know everyone that's been asking for however many years. And after the pandemic, it just kind of, the stars aligned and we bought the trailer, put the head down and said, enough talking about it. We might as well just go ahead and do it. Ah, see, that's pretty awesome. Now, for folks who aren't aware... What is an authentic Irish pub experience? So, I mean, like everything nowadays, you know, things tend to get watered down. But there's, uh, <laughs> there's, you know, there's a certain feel that comes with an Irish bar, like a real Irish pub that right. you don't necessarily get from, from every other bar experience. There's a kind of, as soon as you walk in the door, I always equate it to, it's like, visiting your grandparents when when you were a kid there's that that warm welcome you know you're going to be taken care of the second you walk in the door someone's asking you do you want something to eat do you want something to drink you're there's someone chatting to you asking you know where are you from they don't know you it's just a very it's a very personable and a very kind of inclusive experience um and it just has that cozy welcoming feel to it i think that's the that's the part that's kind of hard to replicate i mean anyone can you know, build a bar, stick up an Irish flag, and say it's an Irish pub. Right. But there's a there's a feel that can't always be replicated, um, and I think that's what really sets that kind of that Irish pub experience um, different from traditional bars. We'll say we're talking with the co-owner of the Wandering Druid, uh, Barry Shannon, uh, bringing an authentic Irish pub to you for your backyard party, etc. WanderingDruid.com is the website for more info and to book your experience. They're also on Facebook and Instagram, too. You can follow them there. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And to be clear, the pub is only available for rent in Massachusetts, and you have to pay for your own booze and food, correct? Well, we do have some bookings outside of Massachusetts. So we, there's, um, there's a delivery fee that varies by distance. Okay. So, I mean, really what it comes down to is if... If somebody is willing to cover the cost, we're willing to cover the distance. So ah. we've had, I mean, in a couple of weeks, we have a, a wedding up in um, northern Maine, and a few weeks ago we're up in the White Mountains in New Hampshire. We've done a couple in Rhode Island as well. So we're not, uh, we're not averse to traveling. Um, but as far as the alcohol, correct, yes. So Massachusetts in particular, since that's the predominantly where most of our bookings are, Massachusetts actually doesn't allow a roaming liquor license. Okay. So our hands are a little bit tied in that regard. Right. Um, so essentially what you're getting with the pub is you're renting out an event space. Um, and then what we do is we'll hook up our, our clients with a uh, local distributor and supplier. You can order all your booths to them. They'll have it delivered to you on the day of your event. And it actually it, it ends up keeping costs down in the long run because you know we don't have to upcharge for any alcohol that we previously purchased mm. and then the customer doesn't have to cover the cost of us attaining a, a different license for every town we go to gotcha so it keeps things a little bit you know you're, you're getting it at cost price and there's no need to right. you know to complicate it in that sense but yeah you're getting the event space we supply the gas for the kegs we have kegerators in there it's got the full bar setup like you'd expect nice. from a traditional pub 
we'll hook up your kegs for you and stock the bar for you with your booze. And then if you want to hire a bartender too, we'll stay for the night and serve your guests. Uh, that's pretty good. Have bar, we'll travel. So bo- now both of you obviously are bartenders. So uh, as folks rent the pub, I mean, you just mentioned it, but you don't obviously, I, I know this sounds weird. You don't come with the bar, the pub, but they can rent you out as a bartender for the night for an additional fee, correct? Yes. Yeah, so for some of our, our larger bookings, especially with weddings or, you know, if you have a few kind of 60 and 70 birthday parties, um, you know, the host of the party doesn't always want to be behind the bar. If it's a smaller gig, sometimes they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had, um, for some of the bigger bigger events, they like to hire a bartender as well for the night. Um, and just kind of keep things, you know, it definitely adds a touch of authenticity since it would be either myself or my business partner behind the bar. Um, and it just keeps things ticking over. But, you, but a lot of people just want to, you know, it's almost like renting a man cave. They want to get behind the bar themselves, pull a few pints of Guinness for their friends, let their friends do it. So it's really whatever whatever the customer wants, we can tailor it to, to whatever the experience they're looking for. I love this. We're talking with the co-owner of The Wandering Druid, uh, Barry Shannon, bringing an authentic Irish pub to you for your backyard party, business party, etc. WanderingDruid.com, the website for more information and to book your experience. They're also on Facebook and Instagram as well. You give them a follow. Here, we're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So what has been the response uh, from people, Barry? Are you hosting more private parties in people's backyards? or, or, or uh, uh, Let me try and get that question out. Or are you at businesses more? Is it more in backyards, or are you more at businesses? So far, I'd say it's about 80% backyards. Okay. So, the, you know, when we were starting the business, we figured eventually anyway, when we kind of got our feet off the ground, uh, weddings and some corporate gigs would probably make up the majority of our business. But so far, it's been really kind of any excuse. I mean, the big one is definitely milestone birthdays. So we've right. had, you know, 40th, 50th. We've, uh, we just had took another booking for um, a gentleman from Tipperary. It's his 90th birthday in wow. September. Um, but you'd be surprised. We've even had a, a good few graduation parties. Um, so, so yeah, the parents want to drink after after having to put hey, their kids for so long in school, it, right? You know, I, I don't blame them. I got three kids myself, so I get it. But um, we even had one booking, um, and so we dropped off the pub, got all set up, and I asked the gentleman, "I was like, oh, so what's the uh, what's the occasion?" He said, "Well, you were available." So oh. it's really, you know, some some people just want to have a pub for a day. Um, but we do have a good few. We have a few weddings lined up. We have a couple of corporate gigs coming up as well. But to be honest, yeah, right now it's mostly just any, I think after COVID, everyone's just gagging to have a good time and, yeah. you know, being able to do it at their own house. And, you know, you're not worried about drink driving. You're not worried mm-hmm. about having to. So it, it does, it makes it a lot easier um, on our guests. But birthdays, birthdays are the big one. Birthday right. parties are the big, yeah. uh, the big excuse. Yeah. Bar- Barry, I got to ask you. So you and your business partner were coming up with this plan. There was no thought because I, I, I saw a couple of these things, not, not an authentic Irish pub, but there were some mobile bartenders uh, in New York, who were doing stuff during COVID when people could only, uh, you know, hang around outside, et cetera, et cetera. Was there any thought yeah. during COVID to do this, or you guys decided to weather the storm and wait until after COVID, sort of, so that it could be more opened up a little bit more, a little bit, right? Um, no, we 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 would have liked to start it earlier, but it was just a classic case of uh, of life gets in the way. I had um, I, I had another business I was at full time. My uh, business partner who's still working full time. I got the three kids at home, so it was just like we would have loved to. You know, it was kind of the classic. You know, the best time to plant the trees fifty years ago. The second best time is today. Right. Um, but it just got to the stage where you know we 
we everything was opening up again. It was like, it would have been great to have this ready to go. And eventually, I think I just turned around to my business partner. I was like, look, I'm buying the trailer tomorrow. So we're either we're either doing it or we're not. And then once we did that, it, w- it was all go. Um, but we would have, yeah, we, we've been talking about it for a while. We probably would have liked to start a bit earlier, but... It was just, yeah, as they say, life, life, life does its thing. No, no, and you know what? I, I love the fact that you just decided. You know what? In your gut, this is what I want to do, and we're doing it. You're either on board or you're not. I can do it alone, or I can do it with a partner. And you just went ahead and and bought the trailer and got, yeah, yeah. And got it going. Yeah, That's I, I, pretty I kinda, cool. I kind of forced his hand in that regard, but it worked out. Everyone's happy, uh, and we'd worked together for for years. So it's you know that's the big question is right. you always wonder how well you're going to work with someone. But we've worked together for years, so we knew it'd be a, an easy fit. You know. All right. So last question from me, Barry. Is there any thought at all about taking this concept uh, to the next level, say uh, a, a regional level or maybe a national level, or are you guys content right now? Hey. We got Massachusetts covered. We'll travel to a few different places if the price is right or whatever. Uh, or are you guys thinking long-term, like, hey, maybe we can make this into sort of a thing where we can bring in an authentic Irish pub anywhere in the United States? I mean, that'd be, that would be the ultimate goal. So right now with the two of us where we have, say, X amount of average bookings a month we'd like to get before we bite down the bullet and build the second one, which is quickly approaching. So... I'd say we'll probably start building the second one soon enough. And then after that, yeah, that'd be the plan. Definitely New England anyway. Right. Um, and try and get, you know, maybe even the tri-state area if it goes that way. I mean, the demand is definitely there. You know, the product is, is just such a cool concept to have anyway. And mm-hmm. the pumps are great. Um, so that would be to have a fleet of them on the road and, and have ourselves like one or two little warehouses kind of spread throughout New England, the tri-state area as a little base. That would be the the ultimate long term goal. Um, the and key the way is figuring out probably be sooner. Right. The key is figuring out how to execute it the right way, where you guys can can make some money and 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 have it be a little bit easier, not some not not be so difficult, right? Exactly. Yeah. As they say, we're trying to get paid from the neck up, not from the neck down. You know. <laughs> My guest has been Barry Shannon. He's the co-owner of the Wandering Druid. If you want to bring an authentic Irish pub in your backyard for a, for a party, graduation, milestone, birthday, whatever, within the state of Massachusetts, or they'll travel a little bit further right now, if the price is right, wanderingdruid.com. That's the website for more info to book your experience. They're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Barry, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Very much appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Up next, Glenn Smith from Brewery Tours, LLC, based out of York County, Pennsylvania. That's next on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast. On AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. If you've been listening to this show for the six, seven plus years that we've been on, you know I'm a big fan of the band Live, which is based out of York, Pennsylvania. So, And they just recently played in Bethlehem. Apparently, I hear they are coming back to New Jersey, which is really cool. And I've been a fan of Live since this first album here, uh, Mental Jewelry, which is just an epic, epic album. First time I saw those guys was at the Stone Pony with about 150 people, and it was 
an unbelievable program. So we're going to York, Pennsylvania today, not to talk live the band, but we're to talk with a gentleman who is the CEO of a brewery tour company that takes you and your friends for a fee to different breweries around the central portion of Pennsylvania. They're headquartered in York County, Pennsylvania. They've been providing exclusive educational and entertaining craft beer experiences in South Central Pennsylvania since 2017 with knowledgeable and experienced beer guides provided guiding uh, providing guided craft beer tastings with behind-the-scenes access, local and historical anecdotes, and a lot more. For more info, just head over to ultimatecraftbeerexperience.com. Let me welcome to the program uh, Glenn Smith. Glenn, how are you? Al, thank you so much for having me. I, I, I tell you, you couldn't have said that any better if I wrote it myself. <laughs> well, you did, because I took it right from your website. So full disclosure there. First, thanks for reaching out to me to talk about the company. You started the company before all the craziness in the world took over. And I, I have to ask, have brewery tours surged back to pre-pandemic levels or are, some, uh, or are some people still reluctant to take a tour? We have really seen a return to the experiences this year. Last year was, was certainly still in rebound mode, but in 2023, it really looks like people are coming back to, to doing experiences outside with other people. Uh, and, you know, and that's and that's a good thing. I mean, I was just at the Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival uh, last weekend, and uh, Saturday they had over 8,500 people there, uh, a sellout. They had a big crowd on Sunday for 3.11. So I definitely see that people are coming back out and, and drinking again and enjoying themselves and having a good time, and that's always a good thing. Now, you offer three types of tours out of York. It's a walking tour, a cruise York tour, and a York charter tour. Now, I assume the walking tour is a short walk to some breweries, and you experience each one for a bit before moving on to the next one. What are the differences on the other two tours? Yeah, so just about the walking tour, one of the unique things about York City is there's six craft breweries within a one-square-mile radius. So it makes walking really easy, going from one to two to three. So it's a, it's a great, easy, leisurely experience. The, the cruise that you referenced is our guests get to hop upon our brew buses, and we got a couple buses. It's the little short uh, school buses, which, right. which are pretty cool. You get to hop on those, and then we go out into around uh, York County for one of them, which is home to over 32 breweries. And then we have another one in the Hanover area, which is snack, which is the snack capital of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's that's where uh, Utz and and Snyder's and Hanover and just about any other snack you can think of comes out of. Uh, we're talking with Glenn Smith, the CEO of Brewery Tours LLC. They're based out of York County, Pennsylvania. They've been providing exclusive educational and entertaining craft beer experiences in South Central Pennsylvania since 2017. For more info or to book a tour, just head over to ultimatecraftbeerexperience.com or you can follow them on Instagram as well, at Brewery Tours. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you referenced it, Glenn, uh, about you know the uh, snack capital of the world in Hanover. So, uh, when you head over to Hanover, what takes place there? Do you do, do you end up going to Utz or uh, you know uh, the the different chip places, or is it just strictly beer? We hope to be returning to them. Yeah, they have a wonderful factory tour that has yet to reopen. That was one of the the things that shut down during COVID and hasn't returned yet. But as soon as they reopen, we are certainly going to be having some very fresh potato chips and pretzels. Very cool. Now, Glenn, how did you get started doing brewery tours? Was was it a love of beer 
Uh, were you working in the beer industry, or was it just, or was it something else? For probably the last thirty years, to, to date myself, I've really enjoyed going around the country and just enjoying craft beer. Uh, I'm one of those guys that we wind up going into the brewery, and all of a sudden I disappear, and they go, "Where the hell did Glenn go?" Well, I wound up finding the brewer, and I'm in the back talking to him or her, and and hearing stories, and enjoying the beers, and just enjoying the experience of craft beer. So fast forward to about 2015, in the York County area is when they started seeing a resurgence of craft breweries, and one after the other started showing up, and I said, man, somebody really should be doing something about it. Nobody's talking about it. And I was the squeaky wheel, and eventually we decided, well, why wait for someone? We're going to be the ones to do it. We're going to shine a spotlight on what's happening in central Pennsylvania. We're talking with Glenn Smith, the CEO of Brewery Tours LLC, based out of York County, Pennsylvania. They've been providing tours across south-central Pennsylvania since uh, 2017. For more info or or to book a tour, you can just head over to theultimatecraftbeerexperience.com or you can follow them on Instagram at Brewery Tours. We're here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Uh, Glenn, for someone, let's say um, you get a vacationing couple that are out there and they want to check out the tour, and let's say the husband or the wife or both of them are really not beer drinkers. For, For a novice of craft beer, how do you introduce them when you get to a particular brewery to a style of beer, do you just you give them an IPA, a bitter, something bitter or juicy right off the bat, or do you kind of ease them in with, say, maybe uh, a lager? That's a great question. I, I'm a firm believer that there's a beer for everyone, and for some people they just may not have found it yet. So one of the things that we really strive for is to provide a very – a wide range of styles. So we're not all IPAs, we're not all sours, we're not all stouts. We're going to taste and we're going to sample each of the beers and we're going to teach you actually how to properly drink a beer. A lot of people don't realize there's proper ways of drinking beers. And more times than not, people that come in and go, well, I'm really not a big beer person, they walk out with an understanding and appreciation of craft beer now, and they really do enjoy it. Yeah, and I tell people all the time, foam is your friend. On certain beers, foam <laughs> is your friend. Don't don't scoff at it because, you know, there's a lot of foam in the beer. That foam is actually part of why you're drinking the beer and getting the taste out of it. So that's very important. Um, Glenn, let me ask you, of all the years that you've been doing this now, and obviously, you know, it's two schools of thought. It's pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, and I hate to sort of categorize it that way. Uh, before the before the pandemic, I'm sure that you had a lot of people that were, you know, hey, gung-ho, yeah, let's go in this and that. Now, in, in the in its sort of newer setting, how do you set people's minds at ease uh, that you're heading into a brewery and maybe crowded, people may be afraid of, you know, of, of being exposed to COVID, et cetera, et cetera. How do you ease their fears as you're taking them uh, through that particular tour with a small group of people in a small vehicle? Yeah, so our maximum tours are 16. That's as big as they get. Okay. Um, and one, one of the things that was, I guess, a byproduct of the way we created and just happens to be a benefit now, is, as you put it, post-COVID, is our tours typically start at noon. So the breweries are not filled at that point. And in many instances, we're spending our time back in the brew house away from the general public part of the exclusive uh, the exclusivity of, of the tours so we really don't find ourselves in those crowded positions because we wanted to be in a situation where the breweries weren't filled and we're basically hollering at somebody across you're trying to drink this beer right. where it's a much 
laid back, um, um, uh, not crowded situation. UltimateCraftBeerExperience.com is the website where you can go. You can check out the tours. You can book a tour as well. Uh, as we're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy, the answer with Glenn Smith, the CEO of Brewery Tours LLC. And, and Glenn, are some of the tours is food included in the purchase price? Yes. So we are adding food, uh, um, uh, a food pairing uh, coming this fall. So we don't currently have it. Okay. Many of the breweries have menus, but this fall we will be adding that on as an additional benefit. Yeah. See, that's the difference between New Jersey and Pennsylvania. New Jersey, you can't serve food. You can, uh, you know, maybe you can buy a bag of potato chips, but who knows? More often than not, they tell you to bring stuff to the brewery. In Pennsylvania, it's a little bit different. Obviously, there are places around the the breweries do have food already uh, for purchase. Or there's, uh, you know, a food truck outside where you can get food uh, as well, which is always a good thing. Last question for me, Glenn. Is this something that you would like to continue outside of the area as a national thing, or are you content with just providing the best tours in central Pennsylvania? We absolutely do uh, plan on having a larger footprint. And it's by, you know, right away is we decided our name was going to be Brewery Tours. It's not Brewery Tours of your county or, or, or what have you. At this point, we are expanding our tours throughout south-central Pennsylvania. That is our, our current goal, and to have that completed before year's end, because south-central Pennsylvania is home to over 90 breweries in less than a one-hour radius, and I'm really unaware of anywhere else in the country where you have that kind of concentration. And craft beer aficionados, lovers, novices, and everybody in between should be really excited about experiencing that scene. A hundred percent. My guest has been Glenn Smith, CEO of Brewery Tours, LLC. They're based out of York County, Pennsylvania, providing uh, beer tours in South Central Philly, uh, South Central Pennsylvania, excuse me, since 2017. For more info or to book a tour, just head over to ultimatecraftbeerexperience.com or you can follow them on Instagram at Brewery Tours. Glenn, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Very much appreciate it. Al, thank you so much for having me. Up next on this best of edition of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer, Leanne Darling and Tara Hankinson from Talea Beer and Sam Calagione, head founder and brewer of Dogfish Head Beer, join me for our final best of segment. Welcome back to the final segment of our best of show here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. And up next here for this final segment, Leanne Darling and Tara Hankinson from Talea Beer, as well as Sam Calagione, the head founder and brewer of Dogfish Head Beer, join me for this final best of segment. And we're talking all about Bo de Goza. But a Bo de Goza, it's the second version of this beer that first was released uh, last year. Dogfish's version, ripe cherries, exotic guava, pink peppercorn. Sam, I'm going to start with you. What made a Goza the proper beer to do a collaboration with Talea? Well, as I'm sure, uh, you know, Lee and Tara will talk about both our breweries have a huge affinity for fruited sours, particularly those that have complexity, but awesome, like, sessionability, lower ABV, but have all, like, the food compatibility and nuances of, you know, the world's finest white wine. Mm -hmm. So both breweries have a long history of making these fruited sours. We're proud that Dogfish is the best-selling sour beer in America, our our sequence ale. And I know at Talea, their best-selling flight is all the cool different fruited sours they have. So when we were like, let's get together and do something fun, we felt that this style would be the perfect uh, jumping off point. 
And, and Leanne, your version, slightly different uh, from Dogfishes, that'll be released very soon. You swapped out the guava from mango. Why the? Why not make the exact same beer? Why? Or why put mango in the mix instead of the guava? Well, leading up to the creation of these beers, we went on a little field trip around Brooklyn, visiting a bunch of bodegas, and had a full spread of ingredients across one of our tables in the tap room. And we really just we mixed up a bunch of different combinations and wanted to showcase how similar but different sours can be. Um, and, you know, the mango kind of spoke to us a bit more and the guava to the dogfish team. So, um, but both having the, the common ingredient of the pink peppercorn and uh, uh, cherry, yeah, which is based on Sam's original homebrew, um, kind of tied it all together. We're talking with Leanne Darling, Tara Hankinson from Talea Beer, and Sam Calagione, the head founder and brewer of Dogfish Head Beer, Bo de Goza. It's the new collab that's out now from Dogfish Head, and just uh, very soon coming out from Talea as well. You can go to taleabeer.com for info on the Brooklyn Brewery, and of course, for Dogfish Head, it's dogfish.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So the beer obviously inspired by bodegas, which are, of course, all over New York City. But Tara, there's a reason for that inspiration, uh, along with... Why you ladies believe that sour beer is a good gateway to craft beer? Why is sour beer such a good gateway to craft beer? For us, sour beer is a great entry point because the flavor profile is so similar to cocktails and wine and other drinks that non-beer drinkers are drinking. So our mission as uh, New York City's first and only female-founded brewery is to expand the craft beer market here in New York. Mm. And to us, you know, being two women who love craft beer, obviously targeting female customers is an easy one that we can do authentically. And for us, we've just found that sours are a great way to replicate the flavor profile of really popular drinks like margaritas and rosé. So at our tap room, we have what we call the Talea Challenge, which is if, if someone comes into the tap room and they say, you know, I don't really like beer, we give them one of our fruited sours and people can't believe it's beer and i think there are just so many people who haven't yet discovered sours or discovered craft beer so for us it's a really important um part of our portfolio and we have we have flights at our tap rooms that we preset so we have a hazy flight a house flight with seasonal beers and a sour flight and our sour flight is always the best selling flight so we really um think sours are not only great for customers, but they're a great way to showcase different brewing techniques, different levels of salinity, different levels of sweetness via lactose, fruit blends, spices. Um, it's a really creative palette for our brewing team to work from. And, and when does, ladies, uh, when does the Talea version of the uh, the collab come out? Is it this week? Is it next week? When is it? Because I know they said it was some sometime in July. Is it within the next week or so? It is. It's this week. It's currently on tap at our Williamsburg tap room, and we will have a dogfish Talea flight available that's mm. four small pours, um, both bodegas side by side, and then the dogfish head 60-minute IPA next to one of our West Coast IPAs. And also, you can pick up a mixed four-pack um, with two of uh, Sam's Bodegosas and two of ours, um, just so people can experience everything. Okay, now that's really cool. Now, Sam, the other beer that Dogfish has released this month, Hazy Squall. Uh, it's an IPA that clocks in at around 6.5% ABV. Um, I know that some people will ask, why the Pilsner malt in this one uh, for a Hazy? We, we just like how, you know, you, you take the, piss, the sort of crisp Pilsner style and that very... 
uh, light in color, light in body, super high fermentability uh, base malt that is Pilsner. We just like the crispness and, you know, drinkability that it brings to this hazy because, you know, this is not meant to be like a giant, triple, triple, you know, huge, uh, massive beer. It's right. supposed to be a really sessionable hazy IPA. Um, so excited for that. I wanted to also, you know, as, as uh, Lee and Tim talking about all the cool things they're doing in New York with the two beers, another thing that I think is really cool about this collaboration is our two breweries don't have the same distributor in Metro New York. You know, they're competing every day on the streets with different portfolios, mm-hmm. and yet both distributor companies were as excited as, as our, our two breweries were for this collaboration, and they're kind of working in unison to get the four packs of both styles and draft of both styles out to great bodegas and beer bars, you know, in the greater metro uh, New York area. So that also was, that goal was also what kind of informed our decision to do two complementary recipes instead of two exact same ones with a goal that people will go out Pokemon style and catch them all. And that's, now that's pretty cool too. Now we're talking, because you don't really see that at all with distributors. They're all competing for the same dime and you don't normally see that happening. We're talking with Leanne Darling and Tara Hankinson from Talea Beer, Sam Calagione, the head founder and brewer of Dogfish Head Beer, Bo de Goza, new collab that's out now from Dogfish Head, and it's out now from Talea as well. Go to taleabeer.com for more information there. For the brewery in Delaware, of course, dogfish.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. We're running out of time here, but I do want to get a question from uh, uh, from both of you, or the, all three of you on this. Obviously, uh, earlier this week, Anchor Steam, uh, the original, the OG of craft beer announced that it was closing up shop, um, liquidating its assets, which is just awful news uh, in the craft beer world. Ladies, I'll, I'll start with you, uh, Leanne, first, and then Tara, and then finally Sam. Uh, Leanne, your thoughts on the closing of such an iconic brand in San Francisco? Yeah, it's really sad to see. I think San Francisco has taken a particularly hard hit um, post-pandemic with a lot of their breweries consolidating or, or folding. Um, I lived there for a few years before moving to New York, and that facility was just beautiful. And um, Fritz Maytag was, you know, right. one of the first pioneers um, in American craft beer. So I know I can speak for Tara as well. We we want as much uh, Christmas ale as possible. Uh, so it's really sad to see. Tara? Yeah, uh, I'll echo Leanne's sentiments. I think... Um, we probably have some challenging years coming up around legacy brands who, you know, everyone loves Anchor Steam, but I don't, I bought their Christmas sale last year, but I think it's one of the brands that um, is on people's mind when you think about the foundation of craft beer in America. But, you know, as a New Yorker, I don't have as many opportunities to buy it. And I think it's just a call for, um, all craft breweries to think about how they're going to stay relevant and look into the future and continue appealing to new customers and continue getting people to come to their doors or, you know, rebuy multiple times in a drinking period versus just, you know, once a year with the Christmas sale. So, right. of course, it's sad, but for us, it just is pushing us to continue innovating and thinking what the future brings for Talea here in New York. You're right. And you have to adapt to the times. If people are making a certain type of beer and it's becoming a success, you can't, you know, stick your head in the sand. You have to, you have to pivot with the times. That's very important. If you don't do that, you're not going to be in business very long. Finally, Sam, your thoughts. I know you've been brewing beer for a very long time. Anchor Steam has been brewing it for far longer than that, but your thoughts on Anchor Steam closing up. 
Yeah, 30 years ago when, you know, I started writing the Dogfish Business Plan, I was working at an awesome first-gen craft beer bar on the Upper West Side, 111 from Broadway, called Nacho Mama's Burritos, and it had like 20 cats. And as I worked there as a waiter my first two, few weeks, I totally had my, you know, craft beer epiphanies with beers like Anchor Liberty, you know, Sierra, Sierra Celebration, Sam, Sam Adams Lager, Chimay Red. So, you know, as, as Lydian and Tara said, this is a, it's sad news. They were one of the OGs. Um, you know, it's, but it, it, it's kind of such a uh, tipping point moment, I think, in the craft beer world. Now that craft beer growth has slowed, there's over 9,000 breweries in America. That's awesome, but the volume's not really growing. So you're quickly seeing this sort of accelerated bifurcation of, you know, basically two major, you know, sustainable models for a craft brewery, and that's, kind of being over a 200,000 barrel nationally distributed, you know, brand that is focused on three-tier distribution and, you know, professional sales forces and, you know, buttoned up marketing plans. Uh, and, you know, Dogfish would probably fit into that camp or breweries that are, are kicking ass, you know, locally, however they define locally, with a focus more on, you know, turning people onto their, their beers mostly through their own tap rooms and, and you know, uh, and Kalea can talk more about, you know, the awesome stuff they have on Adam in that front. You know, Dogfish, we, we were a restaurant brewery from the day we opened and we do all these culinary and peace beers. So our, our tap rooms and pubs in Delaware, all, all three of them and the two in the D.C. market are critical to our brand and the points of differentiation uh, that we continue to, to thrive on. But we're certainly more of the camp of national distribution. So, you know, Anchor at whatever 70,000 barrels as storied and famous and, and pioneering as they are, they were in kind of that awkward middle scale where it's hard to get national distributors to focus on you, and yet you're considered big in your home market, maybe to the detriment of the local young drinkers choosing you over newer entries. Right. Well, I mean, it's a shame, and, you know, uh, history in the making, you know, of a, beer, a brewery that was open for 127 years and coming to a close. But the great new beer... Bo de Goza. It's out now, the second version of it. Two different versions from Dogfish Head and Talea Beer. You can head over to Williamsburg or Cobblehead, uh, soon to be in the West Village, to pick up that beer. My guests have been Leanne Darling and Tara Hankinson, and, of course, the Dogfish version uh, all over the country at Dogfish Head as well, down in Delaware. Uh, Leanne Darling and Tara Hankinson from Talea Beer. Sam Calagione, head founder and brewer of Dogfish Head Beer. Uh, com, dogfish.com. Ladies, Sam, thanks so much for joining me on the program tonight. Very much appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys. Take Cheers, care. guys. Cheers. My thanks to everyone involved in the show, as well as my guests, Leanne Darling and Tara Hankinson from Talea Beer, Sam Calagione, head founder and brewer of Dogfish Head, Glenn Smith from Brewery Tours, LLC, and, of course, Barry Shannon from the Wandering Druid Pub, and last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back live on the Joe Piscopo Show Monday at 6 a.m., this has been the best of the edition of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.